Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Salma Jaffrey, and we'll explore how to build your brand on YouTube. And you definitely want to stick around to the end of this podcast because we talk about some really, really powerful stuff. By the way, if you want to reach me, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Stelzner, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a future episode. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Here's Michael's tip of the week. This week, I've got an exciting tip for anybody who uses email as part of your marketing. And my guess is that's you. Let me give you the tip. It's called Postmaster Tools from Google. If you go to postmaster.google.com, Com and you add your website domain, you can go ahead and get some really powerful information inside of here. Now, I realize Google and Gmail is the largest email source in the world, right? So there's a good chance that the majority of your email subscribers are actually using some sort of a Gmail account, whether it be a corporate account or a personal account. When you set this up, what's really cool is they allow you to see over a period of time what your spam rate is what your domain reputation is, whether or not your IP addresses have good reputations. And this allows you to every once in a while just log in there and say, oops, do we have a problem? Uh-oh, we might need to get on top of this. And it's a really cool tool that I suggest you check out. Again, it's totally free by our friends at Google, which control the email world. Simply check it out by going to postmaster.google.com and thank me later. All right, let's transition over to this week's interview with Salma Jaffrey. 
helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Salma Jaffrey. If you don't know who Salma is, you need to know who she is. She's a video strategist and YouTube coach who specializes in helping other coaches, solopreneurs, and consultants develop their brand with video content. Her course is called YouTube Launch Pad, and her YouTube channel is full of useful content focused on building a personal brand with video. Selma, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. I'm super excited that you're here. Today, Selma and I are going to explore how to build a brand on YouTube. And before we go there, let's talk about your story. Like, how in the world did you get into video, into YouTube, start wherever you want to start? Yeah. So can I start that? I wanted to be a rock star. No. Okay. That's Did you true. really? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. My husband was always the rock star. Oh, okay. Cool. But it kind of turned into that, you know, being on YouTube is kind of like having um, a huge platform. And the way that I started, I have to take you guys back all the way to 2011. So this is like when I put up my first video on YouTube, in 2011, it was actually for a contest entry by this company. And they said, you know what, share your remote work situation with us. Like, how do you work from home? Hmm. And I was like, well, I've been working from home for a few years, so let's do that. And I was like, you know, at that time I had one kid, I have two children now. So me, my husband and my kid, we all did like a, a day in the life off, like what's it like to work from home? And the first prize was actually $10,000. Wow. And we came second. Wow. <laughs> and so we didn't, yeah, we didn't nap that prize. But what happened was even more interesting than that. They loved our videos so much, the judges, that they said, you know what, we're going to give you guys $1,000. And then I got connected with the CEO of that company and he said, we want to hire you to do our training videos. And that was about $10,000 worth of work. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. And that video. So apart from the 10K, the video itself got something like 80,000 views. Just real quick. Did you have a yeah. background in video? Like, you know, like, is there some sort of like, did you go to school for this thing? I did not. I actually wanted to be a television news anchor when I was nine. Ah, <laughs> so, okay. So I used to kind of practice like talking to myself all the time as though I'm like delivering the news or something. So I had like a bit of like the presenter mentality. Um, but no, I did not have a background in video at all. Okay, cool. Keep going with the story. Yeah. And so at that time, I had a content marketing agency. And I was running this agency and we had like six people and we were doing really well. We were working with clients like Dell and we were working with LinkedIn marketing solutions. And as I wrote blog post after blog post and like article after article for them, I wanted to pivot to video because I saw the staying power of like my one YouTube video that just kept getting views and like I kept getting comments on it and people were like wanting to, you know, ask me about how I work online and can I teach them? And, you know, all these questions started to come in from that one video. And I was like, video seems to have a lot of staying power on YouTube. And I guess you know this as well, right? YouTube has that legacy aspect and that staying power. And so I was like, okay, okay, you know what? Let's let's do YouTube video. And then something completely out of my control happened. So quick background, guys. I live in Pakistan, which is Southeast Asia. 
And what happened was that YouTube got banned in Pakistan for three years oh, at that time. Wow. Yes. <laughs> so 2012, 2013, 2014, no YouTube. Some political, pseudo-political, whatever religion uh, reason, right? And so, and I'm looking at the silver lining here and I'm thinking, well, you know, that taught me a couple of things. It taught me never to build on rented land because it could be taken away anytime and for any reason. And it taught me the value of building my email list and my website early on and never to rely on just third party platforms, but to leverage those platforms. So then when we got YouTube back again, so I kind of started to dabble in it in 2015 and 16. And then in 2017, I went pro. So I decided, you know what, this is going to be my business model. So that's the story. Yeah. And we met at a couple different conferences and uh, you've really come a long way since then. So tell everybody kind of what you're doing today, if you don't mind. Yeah. So today, a lot of it is YouTube centric because I'm both a YouTube coach as well as a speaker. So most of my work is right now either working with coaching clients or working with people who are taking my course. So I have a course called YouTube Launchpad and I have a group coaching program called YouTube Intensive. So that is what I primarily do right now. But again, there's like so many offshoots to that. There's like brand partnerships, there's affiliate marketing, there's speaking engagements. All of that is going on in the background thanks to YouTube. Awesome. So everybody, she's got a background in content, pivoted over to YouTube. And now YouTube is kind of her primary focus and she's helping a lot of other businesses, which is a perfect transition to the next question, which is why should someone listening today, whether they be a coach or consultant or even just a, a business, you know, somebody working for a bigger, slightly larger business than a super tiny business, why should they think about building their branding or their brand, if you will, on YouTube? So I think when people think about a YouTube channel, there is a hyper focus on subscribers and views and monetization. And people seem to think that that's all that YouTube is for. And I, you know, want to kind of challenge that perspective. And I want to say, you know, no, it is for so much more and for so many more ways that you can use it for that you probably never even imagined. Let me give you a really quick example, right? So I had less than 2000 subscribers when I got accepted to speak at Inbound in front of 1500 marketers on the strength of my YouTube channel. Wow. I had less than, yeah, I had less than a thousand subscribers when I was actually accepted into the Entrepreneur Network program, which was run by Entrepreneur Magazine. And they started a YouTube channel and with great video quality, they wanted people to come on and be part of their network. So it was syndicated to a lot of different places. So a lot of exposure. And then I had less than 500 subscribers when I did my first sponsored brand deal. So I just want to bust the myth right away that subscribers is not equal to success, you know, because a lot of people think that it is. Right. And yeah. And then the other big reasons why I wanted to build a brand um, using YouTube and on YouTube and about YouTube is because I love playing the long game. Right. So when I was in content marketing, I would look at how the longevity of a piece of content. And when I transitioned to video, it was like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter were all and, and also LinkedIn were all very chronological. And the value of that content would depreciate, 
Mm. Whereas on YouTube, even if I made a video like a year ago, two years ago, the value would always be appreciating. And that kind of really spoke to the nerd in me because I was like, if I'm going to put in all this effort and spend like eight hours making this video, it better be working 10 years from now as well, you know. I love that. And I, you know, for those, you and me both kind of, I think, started in the world of blogging, right? The written word, right? And and the benefit of blogging is parallel to the benefit of putting videos on YouTube, right? Because there's that search discovery side of it, right? Where you write that piece of content and the hope is that the search engines in this case, with the written word, it's pretty much Google, but with the video, it's obviously YouTube and Google, right? Yeah. We'll begin to lift that video up over and over as people are seeking specific kinds of results. And from a marketing perspective, that makes a lot of sense, right? Because when people are seeking and you have the solution and the these very popular gargantuous entities, YouTube and Google, choose to show your video amongst the solutions, that's really powerful for your branding, right? And it doesn't matter how many people watch the video. It only matters that the right person watched the video at the right time. Am I right? Right, right. And I'm going to go one step further with that. Uh, you just said that YouTube and Google, and I would say that 80% of searches are performed on um, Google, as well as the video tab on Google, as well as the images tab. And if you have a video, you can actually have a presence on all three tabs in search. Wow. So that is like a huge market share and a great place to you know showcase your products and stuff, your, your brand. And talk a little bit about what happens when people consume video versus just reading and how that actually helps build the personal brand. Yeah, well, I like to say that video is the richest form of content and then all other forms are derivatives. So you can actually create a blog post from a video. You can create images. You can create, you know, GIFs. You can create email newsletters. You can have social media content. You can populate all your other channels and formats. And here's where it gets really interesting. I'm a big fan of giving people information in whatever format they choose to learn in. And we're all different. Some of us are visual learners. Some of us like to learn. Some of us like to watch. Well, when you have a video, you can convert that into a blog post for your uh, people who want to read. And you can convert that into a series of infographics or images for people who are visual learners. So video really is the richest form. And then you can have derivative forms from that. So I kind of like that as well, that I just create that one video once a week. And then I have content the entire week to appeal to, you know, all levels of learning styles. What does it do for you though, as a person? You know, that's really what I'm at. And that's awesome. I love that. But what does it do mm -hmm. for the person who wants to develop themselves, right? Out as a personal brand, like why does video do something these other platforms cannot do? Right. So the way that I look at it is when I Googled my name back in 2009-ish or so, Google actually autocorrected my name and it said, did you mean this other spelling? And I was like, no, no, I don't even exist. <laughs> and uh, now my name is a search term. So if you search for Selma Jaffrey, there are like 200 searches for my name happening every month. And so I think it's not just the content, but the personal brand is your name becomes a search term. So people are searching for you specifically and your specific content. So I just love that because you have instant authority and you have instant credibility with that. I also have found that there is something, and I don't know if it's because of 
television and Netflix and stuff, but there's something about watching a person talk or perform or whatever they choose to do uh-huh. that is more powerful than just listening, for example, in audio format or just reading those very same words transcribed. It almost engenders a like factor. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like, mm-hmm. like you, you're like, oh, I, I like this person's personality. There's something about this person that that I connect with. And as a result of this, I want to learn more from that person. So it almost transcends the words that come out of the mouth of the expert, because there's that all those extra elements of the posture and the inflection and all those things that are not there, you know, necessarily in these other mediums. Have you ever considered anything about that? Yeah. And they all kind of add to your persona, your the way you look, the way you sound, your hand gestures, your confidence level, your comfortableness with the camera, your connectedness with your audience and how much they can relate to you. Right. So it really sort of jumps out at you. And that's why if you have, uh, let's say, a dozen people teaching YouTube marketing, you'll find something to like about one person that you think, oh, you know what, this one I want to learn from. And what is that one thing? I mean, they're all talking about, oh, you know, SEO and stuff and like like that. Right. So everybody's talking about this. The content is the same or similar. But it's the personality that really differentiates. And this comment I get all the time, like on my YouTube channel, people are like, we're here because we like the way that you teach. We like your style. And style is a very difficult thing to substantiate. You're, not, you're like, oh, OK, well, <laughs> you know, how, how do you do that? But that's the game, right? How can you differentiate yourself and develop your own style so it becomes attractive? And I think that's what differentiates you. Awesome. All right. So everybody that's listening, the key thing is that if you develop videos on YouTube, you can benefit by getting access, you know, or or maybe reach is probably the better phrase in front of all these different, you know, Google and the YouTube search and suggested and all that stuff. Right. So you'll get a lot more exposure. And then when people watch the videos and they begin to uh, connect with you, that also builds your brand. So now let's transition over to a method, right? Which you've got, you've developed a method on how you can build a brand on YouTube. If you want to go ahead and maybe just introduce what it is at a high level, then we can dig into some of it. Yeah. So I love the number three. This is based in psychology. If you have more than three tasks to do in a day, you'll probably get overwhelmed and less than three, you're probably not doing enough. Right. So I have a three part formula. So it's called visibility, credibility and profitability. So it's called the VCP formula. And really simply, it just walks you through the three steps you need to have uh, mapped out. So visibility helps you with brand awareness. Credibility is getting people to trust you as a subject matter authority. And profitability is identifying who you want to work with. So that's the formula. Let's spend just a little bit of time on describing a little bit more about visibility. And we're going to dig deep into credibility for a second. But can you elaborate a little bit more on the visibility component? Yeah. So this is really interesting, right? So a lot of people who want to get started on YouTube, they're afraid that they won't be able to compete because there are probably, you know, TED Talks and big channels already owning that content. So if you type in something like how to meditate, right, there's probably a TED Talk in the first 
three search results and you're like, how am I supposed to show up for this? Right. And so here's where YouTube gets really interesting because I think it levels the playing field with visibility because the small guy, like the newcomer can actually create content that is more of a deep dive and get that to rank. And if you can get a long tail keyword, like how to meditate for 10 minutes every day, even if you don't know how to meditate, right? Not the best example, but that's right. I get the idea. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Daily meditation in 10 minutes or less, right? Yeah. Something like that. Right. So, and then you focus on maybe for moms, right? Moms are busy. Maybe they just have 10 minutes. You're like meditation for moms, 10 minutes a day only, right? right. Something like that. Right. Now you have a better chance because you're not suddenly competing with the big players. And now you have a chance to actually rank your video. And then YouTube uh, starts to see you as an authority if you develop enough content around that particular topic. So you want to do deep dives. You want to do in-depth material. You want to do a lot of videos on a specific topic. And then YouTube's going to be like, oh, we should send all our meditation mom audience to this channel, you know, so YouTube is always searching for a video that their audience will love. Whereas most people think that YouTube is looking to promote our videos. They're not looking to promote our videos. They're looking to find an audience that will consume our videos. So it's kind of like, it's a subtle difference, but it's, it really matters. Okay. We're going to dig into credibility here, but I just want to talk a little briefly about profitability before we dig into credibility. Can you explain what that is a little bit? Yeah. So I think that, you know, most social media networks, they're really stingy with links and link building, like send people off that platform. Like Instagram, there's only like one link you can have in the bio, right? And then Facebook and YouTube are like mortal enemies. So if you start putting YouTube video links on Facebook, it's like not going to show your content as much. So what I love about YouTube is the fact that not only does it allow you to put links to your website or to your social channels or to your lead magnets or whatever place you want to send people to, but it makes it really easy and it gives you a lot of tools to do that. So it gives you info cards that you can click right inside the video. It gives you end cards that you can click again right inside the video. And then it gives you a really long description section to put your links in. And you can even put affiliate links inside the description section as long long as you disclose them. So I think that it really allows you to send people off the platform and build your brand. And that's how the profitability aspect comes in, where you get to get people on your email list, send them to your sales pages, to your landing pages, and then take it from there. Perfect. So let's dig in into credibility again, just describe what it is one more time, and then we'll dig into kind of some of the questions I've got around that section. So credibility, I guess you could look at it as the meat in a sandwich, <laughs> you know, it is sometimes even indescribable to people like they don't know why they love you and they trust you, but they just do. So credibility is basically when you come across as really authentic and people start to trust you. So that to me in a nutshell is credibility. Perfect. And that's that's one of those things that some of us marketers are going to have to... <laughs> We're going to have to unlearn that we don't need to be like the newscaster, right? That you wanted to be, right? Or we don't need to be like Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Who's super crazy and yelling and all that stuff, right? (laughs) Or do we? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, one of the reasons why I switched from wanting to be a newscaster is A, the news was really depressing and B, I'd have a boss. And Mm. I learned early on, like I worked nine years in corporate and I realized I hate having a boss, (laughs) 
<laughs> and so the concept that spoke to me was the fact that I could have my own show. I could be the uh, the scriptwriter. I could be the producer, director, the editor, the on-screen talent, um, the promoter, all in one. And I could run my own show with my own content and say whatever I wanted to say. So I think, and that's where the name of my channel comes from. It's called Be The Media. It's like, you can compete with media, media outlets, right? I love that, by the way. I've always called everything we do yeah. media, right? Like I called myself in the beginning an online magazine because I didn't like the word blog. Not everybody knew what that meant, right? And, yeah. and we really are the media now, right? Like if you think about some of the things that, you know, some of our peers have built, it's bigger than the media, you know? And it's crazy that the media is now new, right? And we have a chance mm -hmm. to create media for a super narrow niche, right? Like a super tiny sub-segment, like what I've done with Social Media Examiner, right? Like it's exactly. media exactly just for social media people, right? Mar marketers. Yeah. And you can do that. And that's really cool. So let me ask you this. What type of content helps us be more credible or helps us kind of position ourselves as an authority? Let's spend some time talking about that because some people are like, I have no clue where to even start. Oh, okay. And this is something that you're not alone if you're thinking, well, what's so special about me? Like, how am I supposed to stand out? Like, right. you know, how am I supposed to do that? And so let me give you four things to think about, right? And the number one thing that you want to think about is what type of content. So the first one is content, right? So what type of content is going to position you as an authority? And here's where things get interesting. A lot of people think that they're not an expert, so they cannot talk with authority. Hmm. And here's what's really, really funny. When I started my YouTube channel, I wasn't actually talking about how to grow on YouTube because I had no experience with that right? I was talking about what I knew, content marketing. So I was talking about uh, stuff like buyer personas and, you know, content marketing funnels and things like that. And then I only started to talk about YouTube when I actually was doing it. And then also it was from a perspective of um, sort of like a wonderment perspective. It was like, hey, this is what I learned or this worked or, and I want to share it with you. And I realized that what I really loved was learning something and then sharing it and teaching it to others because that really made me understand concepts better. You know what they say, right? If you teach something, then it really helps you learn something. So that kind of became the mantra that I started with. So if you want to become an authority, you want to create content that you are really having fun with. So it could be something that you're either already an expert in or something that you're trying to learn. And I, I look at this like, like you're in a lab and you're an experimenter, like you're a scientist mm -hmm. and you set up a hypothesis and you test it. Oh, well, well, if I post a video every single day, what's going to happen? Like do that and then talk about it. <laughs> you know. Well, what's great about this I, don't know, I just wrote down learn, share, teach, right? Like that's kind of like the summary of what you said, right? You learn something, you share, you share it in a teaching kind of a format. That's always been my mantra as well. Like I discover something, I share it, right? And the idea is that you are being not necessarily an expert when you do that. You're being more of a curator when you do it, right? So you're bringing information to your audience that you discovered, through someone, through some experience, through something, right? And then you're teaching it from your perspective by combining your uniqueness, right? There's something unique about Salma and her experiences as a content marketer, right? So she has a different spin and angle on it. So when she teaches it, she's coming at it from 
her experience, which might be totally different from somebody who is a filmmaker, right? Who might teach the same thing in a totally different way. Oh, and yeah. That's what makes it really fascinating, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other aspect, I, I love what you said, though, that the learn, um, learn share, share and teach, teach thing. Yeah, yeah it, it really does work. And uh, a lot of people think that they cannot be an expert. Well, don't be an expert. Just share what you know. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, break that down. You don't have to call yourself an expert even. You just constantly share. And once you start sharing enough, other people are going to start calling you an expert. And that's when the word actually matters. So tell a little bit about how that happened for you, right? Like you said, you you had it on your channel. It was all content. And then you pivoted over to YouTube. Like when you started sharing what you were learning on YouTube, what happened? What did? How did your audience respond? So this happened in 2017 when I became, I like to reference Stephen Pressfield's book, Turning Pro, mm -hmm. when I literally turned pro. And what happened was that I decided that I'm not going to let excuses stop me, right? And so one of the biggest things is that you think, oh, you're, I'm not ready right now. I don't have anything to say. Now's not the right time. The neighbors are making too much noise. Like we have all these excuses ready for not creating video content, right? And I still use some of those. I mean, I'm human, right? Some of them still come up. But what I decided was one video a week. I have to be consistent. That's what it takes to turn pro. And so I shifted my mentality from just dabbling in YouTube and video to actually be becoming consistent. And that forced me to create content that I wanted to talk about, that I love to talk about, and that was working. Because you cannot do something over and over again if you're not getting any value from it. So you have to look intrinsically first, internally first, and you've got to enjoy what you're doing. So the first few videos that I started to create, I didn't do any keyword research or SEO or planning or anything. I just talked about the topics that I wanted to talk about. And I think that's a great way to start. So if you're thinking about, oh, well, how do I start? A really easy way, pick three questions that people ask you and answer them on video. Uh, I like that. So three questions, like maybe people seem to always ask you over and over again, kind of that kind of thing. Yeah. Or if you don't have an audience and nobody's asking you anything, look at your closest competitor. What are people asking them? Mm. If you don't have a closest competitor, well, that's what Google is for. People also ask section. Just go there, type something. People are asking questions all the time. Go and see. Or what are the questions you're asking yourself, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I want to like, know what the answer to this is. So I went out and found it. And I'm going to tell you what I discovered, right? I mean, that's part of this learn share concept, right? That we just talked exactly. about. Exactly. Are there any other types of content that we should talk about that helps position us as an authority or have we covered it? Well, there's a lot of different types of content that can position you as an authority, right? So uh, when you think about being different and standing out, I think one of the key things is that people sort of try to know this before they actually take action. So planning is all good. Like I'm a total planner nerd, but there are some things that you can only get clarity if you're doing them. So I think you can have a plan, but then be willing to be flexible with that plan. So a quick example. When I was creating videos, I thought that my target market is going to be mostly women between the ages of 20 and 30, street smart, online entrepreneurs who, you know, were moms. But when I actually started creating videos, I got both men and women for starters. So it was pretty evenly divided. 
And I was starting to get like software engineers and architects you know, following me, not necessarily moms either. Right. And so, you know, it shifted my perception of who my audience actually was. And I think a lot of people just get hung up on, you know, your ideal customer avatar. And you always have to like, you know, maybe if you don't know that who that person is yet, just start creating the content that you enjoy creating. Have a lot of fun with it. I think video is something to have a lot of fun with because the more fun you're having, the more your audience is going to find you attractive. So um, I used to put my blooper reels on and my kids would like, like, there was this one video I did with my kid literally stuck to my leg and I showed it in my blooper reel. (laughs) It was like, you know, um, I just had fun with it. And so if you don't know who your ideal audience is, experiment, your ideal audience will find you. What I'm kind of hearing you say is it's not going to be perfect in the beginning, but you just need to get something out there and over time it'll kind of evolve. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And you'll learn a lot about what you should be doing because in the beginning, it's kind of tough to know that just based on theory. How long should we go for, right? I mean, this is probably in the minds of a lot of people right now. Okay, well, I've got a couple of thoughts of things I could do on the on a channel that I'm going to start here or that I cha- a channel that I'm going to resurrect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How long should I should these videos be? Have you found a certain length is kind of ideal for the long game with YouTube? Yeah, so I have a strategy around this now, and I like to call this my again. I'm going to use like I used the words VCP before for the formula, but actually I also use them for my video content plan. That's also <laughs> it's kind of easy to remember, right? So visibility, credibility, profitability—is that what you meant? The VCP, yeah. Thing? Okay. Yeah. And then it's like the video content plan. That's also the VCP. Okay. And what that does is, so what I do is I do a 90 day plan. So the video content plan is actually a a Google spreadsheet, which is by the way, free to download. And I can um, send you the link to include in the show notes perhaps. Okay. And that's my spreadsheet where we plan content for the next 90 days. And the reason for doing that is what you asked me, right? You said, how long should we go for and how do we know it's working? So 90 days is your experimental phase. That's when you put your lap coat on and say, okay, I'm going to try this experiment for 90 days. So I'm going to make 10 minute long videos. I'm going to upload them on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. EST. And then I'm going to do this every week. And after 90 days, I'm going to go look at my analytics and see what's happening. Is that working? Are people watching? Are people online? At what point do they drop off? And the good thing about YouTube is that it is chock full of analytical data, right? And you can get so much insight from looking at the data. So you can understand when your audience is online, when are they watching, how long are they watching for, and at what point do they stop watching? But you've got to run this as an experiment first to see what works and what doesn't. So maybe you could do two-minute videos for a 90 day period, then another 90 day period, you do 10 minute videos. Maybe first you do vlog style videos, then you can do tutorial style videos, you know, so give it that 90 days because then you will actually have the data to know if it's working or not. So 90 days is about 12 weeks, right? So that's about 12 videos that you're talking about creating and vlog style videos. For those that don't know what that means, it just means kind of a day in the life kind of thing. Am I right? That's how I think of it. Yeah. It's more informal. And it's, you know, I mean, it used to be shaky cam, but they've gotten a bit good with that. Now. Right. <laughs> yeah. As far as expectations, right, with the videos in the beginning, should people expect that these videos are just going to be viewed thousands of times at, start, at the start or should they expect that it's not going to be a lot in the beginning? 
I mean, it could be like if you stumble on a topic that is a hot button topic right now, right, then you could potentially get a lot of views and traffic coming your way. And it would be a little bit surprising because you'd be like, where is it coming from? But I always like to tell my clients, do it for internal validation first, not external, because here's what happens. When you rely on external validation, and Mike, you know this, right? You'll get criticism and you'll get praise. Right. And I see criticism and praise as two sides of the same coin. Like I view hate comments and trolls and stuff the same way as I view fans. Mm -hmm. I don't let that dictate my life, right? You've got to have that internal radar on. And I have like a no BS radar. So it's like, okay, you know what? <laughs> I'm like, I like that radar. <laughs> seriously, seriously, I cannot take a lot of BS, but I'm like, okay, no, I've got to love what I'm creating first. I've got to love it. If I don't love it, why should anybody else love it? Right. right. And then how am I going to promote it? I'm right. going to feel so achy promoting it. Like, oh, watch this video. But I know it's not like it's like regurgitated tips. You know, I'm just not going to feel good about it. So I've got to love it. So you've got to internally love what you're doing. You've got to be like, I could talk about this all day, every day. And it's just got to come from a place of integrity. And then you don't really care about the views and the subscribers and this and that and the other, because all of that is just happening, you know, anyways, on the sidelines. So that's my perspective on it. Let's talk about the other aspect of credibility, which is how do I like actually differentiate myself if I'm in a space where there's lots of other people creating videos on this very same topic? Can you talk about maybe injecting personality or whatever elements that you think will, that will allow you to be different from others that are creating videos on the same topics? Well, you're already different. Here's the realization, right? That many of us don't have. You're already different. You probably grew up in a specific place or traveled a lot or whatever. Your life experience is different. Your educational experience, your family relationships, your work experience, you know, all the experiences that have made you, you up till now is not the same as anybody else. So you're already different. Now, all you need to do is tap into that. And that's kind of what I had to do as well. You know, I was like, how am I going to compete with people who've got all this traction? They were early movers and I'm just like starting now. And then I realized that, you know what, I'm different because first of all, I'm very type A personality. I am very logical. I think if A, then B. And I was like, okay, you know what, not everybody can be so logical. Not everybody thinks the way that I do. Not everybody talks the way that I do. Not everybody has the same ideas or explains things the way I do. So I'm just going to do it my way. And that's what you've got to really understand about yourself, you know. And one of the easiest ways to do this is to ask people what they like most in your video. Like ask them stuff like, how do I come across? Use three words to describe my content. What value did you gain from this? And then look for patterns. Look for similar things. So actually ask that at the end of the video kind of thing? You can ask that or you'd like, for example, if you have a Facebook group or an email list or any other place, you know, that you are active and people are watching your stuff, any place you have an audience, you can ask that. You can ask that on your own platforms. You can ask that on somebody else's platforms. You can ask that anywhere, right? But what you are looking for, maybe you just get a group of your closest friends together and say, okay, just watch this video and tell me three words that you think of after watching this video, mm. you know? And then what you're looking for are repeatable phrases associated with you. You're looking for patterns. 
what do people always say about you? How do they always view you? Like, do they say you're friendly? Do they say you're snobby? Do they say you're always hyper? Do they say you're always explaining something really clearly? Like, that's what they say about me. Like, I get this comment on my YouTube channel all the time. Like, you explain this so clearly and you're not talking fast. Like, I think that's the thing with YouTubers. Like, they talk fast and I don't. And people kind of enjoy that. Now, there you go. That is such a small thing that most people would never think, right? Like, I talk at a regular speed. And they're like, that's not a value. Oh, yes, it is. If everybody else is a fast talker, like if you've ever listened to Gary Vaynerchuk, that guy talks fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or maybe I am a woman and everyone else is a man. And maybe some of my audience actually wants to hear from a woman. Or maybe everybody else tells stories and I get to the point and people want to get to the point. Some want to hear stories, right? And all these things make you different, right? They do. And it's, I'm so glad you said that it's the little things. I have a, I have a little frame behind me that says it's the little things. They matter so much. And you know, when, when we were earlier talking about when people say, well, I just like you, but I'm not sure why. Right. Well, that's why it's the little things. <laughs> well, and I'm going to share a couple stories that I learned. This is kind of interesting. So when I first started with YouTube, I was following a formula. Okay. I was told this is what you got to do. You got to start with super hyper excitement and then and then you got to do, 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 do. So I did that. Didn't work. Okay. And this is a long time ago. Then eventually I did a little documentary called The Journey, which some of you might be familiar which with. Which I love, by the way. Thank you. And it was real. And I had literally a guy in the office filming almost everything. It was one of the most crazy, complicated things we've ever done. And we published it everywhere, not just on YouTube. And it was like an ongoing story, right? And it Everybody saw the real me, right? Which is the me that freaks out, that gets pissed off, that actually is quirky and funny, right? And But yeah. is trying to solve problems. And then eventually I transitioned into yet another kind of video, which was something I did uh, last year in, 20, well, in 2019, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, where I did direct <laughs> to camera and um, I was sharing tips about um, how to become well-known. And people saw my funny side because I actually can be Mm -hmm. quite humorous, right? But that shocks a lot of people because they look at me and I'm so straight and narrow, generally they think, right? And I would just start doing other voices and just crazy things and all the outtakes were in there and people loved it. They're like, wow, this guy actually has a personality. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, I can relate to him. Man, he's kind of a quirky, strange guy that actually is cool, right? And like, it was an evolution for me, right? To go from this perfect yeah. video to these different kinds of videos was risky in my mind, right? It was like, wow. But then I realized like, people actually like that a lot. And that is actually a form of like engendering me to my audience. Mm. That's powerful, yeah. right? Two things, Mike. First of all, I watched those videos uh, from the journey. And what I was looking at was your leadership style. Ah, okay. Cool. And I was like, what, wait, how does he manage all these people and how does he talk with them? And, you know, how does he command them, but be friendly with them at the same time? <laughs> so I was kind of really intrigued about that aspect. And of course, the cliffhangers and everything was really fun. Couldn't wait for the next episode and all of that. But that brings me to the second point, which is I have a really easy definition of branding, which is branding is perception. Mm. It is perceived value. Not everybody sees the same value. 
And you don't need everybody to see the same thing either. So when I say branding is perception, it means it's subjective. You're not going to appeal to everybody. In fact, this is an exercise that I do with my clients. We actually identify who we're going to appeal to and who we are not going to appeal to, who are going to be our haters. Like we actually write this down. This person is going to hate me. And then when they hate you, you know why, right? Because you're not for them, right? You know why? And you're like, yes, I was right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and this is the other thing that I think is worth talking about is I've said this, you've said this, you're not for everyone and you shouldn't be for everyone, right? The more focused you can get about who you're for, the more successful you will be. Because if you try to be everything for everyone, you'll be nothing for no one, right? such a disaster waiting to happen, right? You're trying to please everyone except for yourself. No, please yourself first. And again, coming back to the, you know, internal validation. So I want to ask you this last question, which is Hmm. what's possible? Like build a future story. Like imagine someone right now listening to this is like, okay, Salma, you've kind of sold me. Mike, both of you guys have sold me on the value of going on YouTube. I'm going to start. I'm going to start creating videos and flash forward like a couple of years down the road for one somebody right now who's listening right. what's what's possible for them if they were to do oh, this I love this question okay so i mean in terms of who you want to be and where you want to go obviously that's pretty subjective and everybody has different goals in life right so for me i had huge imposter syndrome i still do to some extent but it was really really bad and i was like i have nothing worthy to share and why should anyone listen to me and having the youtube channel and knowing that people are getting value from my content and i'm i'm telling you sometimes the comments that come in i literally sit there and show my kids i'm like this is so wonderful. I'm, I don't even know what to say because these people are like, uh, are like, this was, this saved my life. Like this was wow. so amazing. Nobody has said this the way that you did. And I just look at these comments and uh, I feel like it's not such an imposter anymore. Mm. I feel valued. I feel like I'm doing something worthwhile. And at the end of the day, that's kind of what everybody wants, right? We want to feel worthy. So when you come from a place of integrity, and even though it might sound silly, oh, she's just creating like videos about creating videos, right? But it can change people's lives. It can give them confidence in themselves. It can give them belief in themselves. So whatever you're creating, make sure you check in with your deeper why and really keep doing that for the reasons that you started doing it. And then the other thing is, is legacy. So, I mean, I think about... These videos are hopefully going to be around for a long time and the content is going to continue to help people. Even if I stop creating today, I have like 200 videos that people can watch and still gain value from. So what kind of legacy am I leaving? Mm. You know, so that's really important to me as well. I want to build something long term. And then I guess the other thing is kind of tying it in with your vision for your brand. So you know, some people, they want their brand to be an authority or they want to be an influencer or they want to have a lot of sales or or they want to do really well in business. So whatever your goal is, creating content with integrity can help you achieve that goal. So if you want to get on the world's biggest stages and talk, you can do that if you have your own show. If you want to prove to somebody that you can run their entire media department, 
you can do that by creating a YouTube show, right? So the opportunities are limitless. The potential is limitless. That's kind of how I view it. Awesome. Salma, if people want to discover more about you and all the cool things you've got going on, where do you want to send them? Ooh, okay. So I'm Salma Jafri everywhere, which is thank you <laughs> for name recognition. So that's S-A-L-M-A-J-F-R-I. So that's my website, my YouTube channel, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and I have a Facebook group called Personal Branding with Video. But what I would want to do is send you guys to just one place where you can get all the links. So that would be salmajafri.com forward slash SME, social media examiner. Do you want to put the 90 day plan thing on that page too, so that they can get it? Easily, I will put I will put a couple of things there that I think would be great to start off with. I'll put the ninety day plan, and then I have a video script template that's very handy. So you can use that. Perfect. And then I'll also put my YouTube masterclass in there as well. It's like a awesome. thirty minute, yeah. Salma Jaffrey, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your awesome insights and wisdom. It's been a really fun conversation. Thank you so much, Mike, for having me. This is amazing. Hey, don't forget to check out the YouTube Marketing Summit where you'll be trained by 12 of the world's top YouTube marketing experts, including Salma. You can check it out at ytsummit.com. Also, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 425. If you're new to the show, hit the subscribe button. If you've been a longtime listener, would you do me a favor? Let your friends know about this show. And if you decide to do so on Instagram, you can tag me. I'm at Stelzner. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.